Welcome back to Cargumentative, where men who have real cars end up playing with Lego and radio control cars. Mm. Huh. Tonight, I'm your host, Mike Salomon. Uh, it's actually quite powerful sitting in Thomas's seat. Um, you look powerful, Mike. Yeah, yeah, and he's a bit of a germaphobe, so I wonder if he's going to like ever sit in the seat again. Does he mind yeah. that you sneezed all over his armrest? But I'm joined by... Mark Peluta. And Nadav Ravid. Welcome, guys. Yeah. I, I was away for a bit. Um, so I Where were to you? Your, I listened to your... Oh, I went to the Luries, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, like now, I'm like a bona fide marketing person. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was so was it fun? Was it Where was it? It was in Durban. It was a seriously savage weekend. Hmm. Um, I heard it was amazing. Did you drive any cars? No, actually, a friend of mine said to me, can I please, on the Saturday morning, test drive a Carrera 3.2 for him? Why didn't you? Because if you knew the condition I was in. <laughs> and I say that. I knew you were going to say that. No, because I'd I been knew. for a run, so I was tired. Oh, yes. Okay. yes, and I wanted to swim in the sea. Obviously. Yeah, and it was the second of three nights. And you didn't drown? No, I didn't drown. Would you call yourself a marketing executive? No. No. What did you have CCO. to do? CCO. So what did you have oh. to do at the Luries? So besides, I mean, we. So the Luries is like drunk. the is like the Ad Awards. Um, so it's a bit like the Cannes Ad Awards, and it's pretty much for the whole of Africa. It's, I mean, it's a proper it's a proper story, but it's generally quite a lot of hanging around, talking a bit of uh, shop. Where or, does or it happen? Case, maybe advertising the, in, in, in shop. The, yeah, advertising shop at a convention. And center. you can just imagine there are a lot of off the wall um, characters, and there's pretty much parties every night. So I think advertising. Um, I think cocaine and tequila. Yeah. Am I wrong? Well, I was going to say, surely. I mean, if we rewind back to the eighties, would your job justify having a guard red nine thirty turbo? No, um, only if it had a wing. It was a Targa. Obviously, it was a Targa. A Targa with big no, shoulder pads. Turbo Targa. No, turbo Targa. Yeah, they were. Of course, they were Turbo Targas. And it has to have red wheel centers. Red and wheel centers. And red, red pinstripes in the seat. Yeah. Yes. If possible, those little uh, side strakes are a little bit like Testarossas. Oh, that's the, like. Oh, the Ali. Yeah, not the Ali. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. But, um, so, yeah, does your position justify one of those? Your position at the Luries? No, not First at all. I, I had to get up on stage and I just I had to just sit there basically and say, and for the category of media innovation, the mm. Lurie goes to. Very nice. Is there a chance and, and, we could win Barnes, a Lurie? Barnes <laughs> won a Lurie. Matthew Barnes, who we had on the on the podcast, won a Lurie. And he wolf whistled at me as I went out. Uh, nice. <laughs> I said, oh, stop. Go, Barnes. <laughs> so there's no chance of us winning a Lurie? No, you could win a Lurie. So in other words, we argumentative. It's unlikely. We couldn't. And we, you've got the reins today. We're very excited, but but we're in good hands. You know, he's this is his. Yeah, I mean, his natural presenter state. extraordinaire. Yeah. I Absolutely. wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm actually seriously nervous. Yeah. Oh my word! Okay. I'm getting a little bit of a schwitz here. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> well, he said schwitz, not schwitz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, let's get into it. What would Thomas do next? All right, Thomas would. Uh, he'd go. Know, and in the news, he's talking about some news. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, and, and then he would come, come up. On, and then he would come up with something. Oh, we talk about like Toyotas or a little Jeep. Oh, you or have something to always like talk that. about Toyota um, at some I mean, point. like, is it wrong? Is it wrong to celebrate that? That an uh, an Uber esque Toyota was destroyed under a bridge near the airport this week. <laughs> no, absolutely. Was, it, as long was as it destroyed under the bridge at the airport, or was it destroyed elsewhere and dropped off there? 
What it well, was, what, wow, I didn't even hear about this. Uh, so there was an accident. Scandal. It was an accident. It's involving, involving and, and the loss of the car wasn't the only loss that we would pro- that a lot of South Africans would celebrate. Well. But I'm not getting involved in that. I have no, I have no view on it. Please do not. This is not a political me. show. This is so not a political other podcasts show. From, we, we from just Tisa that what we can just say is that it seems like that Uber-esque Toyota just understeered into a into uh, a pillar. I did see that one actually. <laughs> <and> I remember. <laughs> yeah, for our listeners, that is what understeer. It's been a Oh, you know what we said we were going to talk about in the news? No. Is that incident at the Festival of Motoring. There's been some video footage oh, yeah. flying around this week of carnage on our roads and our yeah. tracks. I mean, the bus, oh, that's a the bus that he left the, the handbrake up. The bus up, with the handbrake Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. What rolled was, down the N1. Was what was so cool is that the thing, just basically the wheels, you, they were just, it turned left, then right, then left, then right, Snake and eventually down. just destroyed things. You could have Terrible. at least locked the steering, yeah. But what happened okay. was, okay. Carl Army at the Festival of Motoring, which uh, marked him to be a waste of time, there was a track <laughs> session and there was a... Uh, an experienced driver driving a 488 Ferrari, yep. which is one of the newest ones. And he went down the main straight and had terminal brake failure at around 220 k's an hour. Well, this is now, the claim. I just wanted to say that 220 in that car means that he came off the throttle very early because I was in the exact same place in the 4C and I saw 220. Mm. So, and, and I braked quite early for that corner because... That accident was an exact um, um, replica. replica of two accidents that happened in Lamborghinis at that same yeah. corner. And they all claimed brake failure, and we went foul play, no yeah. way. Yeah, we said driver error and foul play, and it just seems that these guys, all on ceramic brakes, mm. go, th- go down the main straight, probably four or five laps um, into their session, all of a sudden, nothing. Yeah, so I, um, I, um, no one actually. Nothing, you mean no brakes. No, no brakes. Foot to the floorboards. The, what so he did, though, different from the other two. So the other two went straight into the tires, and they actually, they came to rest, uh, both the cars heavily, heavily damaged. He, he tried, tried to scrub, scrub speed yeah, by to turning speed. heavily into the corner, and then the car dug in and it rolled. His his passenger, his wife, unfortunately, her broken pelvis, had some bleeding on the brain, but yeah. apparently, like both of them are, are fine. So, from a technical perspective, let's talk about brake fade and how we th- how how can the brakes disappear on something like that? Okay, so the way I think of it, and we know Kyle Army pretty well, the previous braking point to that braking point is coming onto the main straight, yeah, which is pretty much a ninety degree corner. So you brake really; it's one of the slowest points of the track. Am I right? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So you're coming onto that, onto the straight, and then how long is the straight? 300 meters? Four? No, 500 no, 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 meters? it's long. They, and they've, ex- no, they extended it. It's, it's long. Because it's very long. Yeah. And all of that time, you're cooling down the brakes. So you're yeah. now making the brakes more efficient in the process of going fast. Correct? How do they suddenly so, go so off at the end of the, the straight? Well, I, is, I, it, I, is, I, it I, a, is it a failure or is it fade? No, so apparently that's the problem, that there wasn't fade. It was binary. Just there was failure. nothing there. Now, I, I've had in in a number of cars, because of them being old and maybe even on old fluid and stuff, at Kyle Army had yeah, brake fade. Yeah. And I've lost brakes going into the, uh, into the uh, out of the old mine shaft at the bottom. Now it's called Crocodiles. Now, yeah. uh, I think it's Crocodile, so that, that, that right-hander at the bottom. And yeah. I've had it before where you've just – but you pump three times and you get the brakes back, and you can actually go very deep into that corner and not hit anything. So There, it's just too fast. And it seems to me so like you couldn't pump and get the brake back. From my own experience, my last time I drove around Kyle Army, I think, was in my Aston with my wife, actually. And I experienced brake fade on about lap three, but not there. 
Yeah, yeah, she knew all about it. It was it was more uh, in sunset mm. around there. Okay, definitely not at the end of that straight because that, like I said, it's had the most chance to cool off. You've got full breaks at the end of that straight. That's what that's why I found it weird. Ah, uh, but they are saying that it's it's like there was another article someone posted about Ferrari actually doing a recall on some cars yeah. where there was an issue. So it could be something like that. But three accidents are the same. Anyway, I think we'll follow it. It's got a hell of a lot of airtime. I mean, uh, uh, Thomas said it. He posted it on his uh, on Times Live and got like 6,000 views. So, yeah, we'll watch that. It's a high-profile car at a motor show at what's designed to be one of the fastest straights, certainly in South Africa, I think. And but most amazing is that the wrap on the car didn't tear. Did you see the pictures? <laughs> it's supposed to be a red. It's actually yeah. a red car, yeah, yeah with a white. Oh, red. I don't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, well, at some point, maybe not now. We must discuss what brake fade is. Yeah. Compared to what we claiming or we think this is, which was complete brake failure. Yeah. Um, you can. I think we well, let's do a segment sometime on yeah. it. Let's do it on brakes and, and and like what it feels but, like um, when it goes. In, in other words, what what's dies. being put on the table at the moment about this incident? is that there's a, a problem with the brakes. It's not brake fade, which is common to all brakes, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a problem with the setup of the brakes on the car. It might be software, and it uh, might yeah, something to do with the calibration of the pads against the ceramic disc. The fact that there is um, elec- there, there are electronics oh, involved in the braking of the car scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Well, the thing is now, so one last thing. Um, the more modern and the more tech they put into cars, the, the less connection there is between you and the car. So I, I believe that there's very little mechanical connection between the brake pedal and the actual brakes. Well, it's probably, it's there's probably a, dry by wire now. There's a lot of funny stuff going on. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, look, we, we, we're already 10 minutes in here. So oh, God. We need, to well, discuss. we need more news. Look, yes, at, look at Mike being all strict. But, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a disciplinarian. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm, little bit surprised. I'm, 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 I'm I thought we'd be all over the place. I'm tough, but I'm fair. I think Paige is shouting it in. But there's something that we need to discuss. because What is it? scary. It's the take-in. We have oh, to discuss. Yeah, ah. it's, it's probably one of the most important cars. Is that uh, how you pronounce it? Taken. 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 I don't know. Taken. I think it's taken. 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 But T A Y T A N. All right. So, let me. So should I? Should explain, I jump in there? Explain to right, us what so, it is. So a Porsche Taken is. Um, it's in terms of size. Um, it's smaller than a Panamera. Okay. It's a sedan. But in a, a sort of a very nice Panamera coupe type shape. It's a yeah. four door. It's not and as elegant as, as as something like a Fisker, which I'm. It seems okay. a bit ungainly. We'll see. Well, we, we haven't, haven't seen, seen the thing in, uh, in the, out of wraps yet. Okay. They've done a very good job disguising oh, the lock. God, and they've been. It's the usual leak, tiny little press yeah. leak after another for the last two years. What is what the big deal is that this is an, an entirely electric car. So it's a BEV, a battery electric vehicle, yeah. or BEV, as people are going to start calling them now. And then, um, and it's it's Porsche's first fully electric vehicle in other words direct competitor to something like a tesla model s yeah um and um people are expecting porsche levels of performance refinement and handling from this thing and by all accounts it's going to deliver it's going to be an amazing new thing and a a whole new world for porsche to explore and continue developing the sports car for the next century i suppose um so it's it's imminent Yep. It's coming out. Yep. Um, so I've what just looked it up. What has it done this week? 
That's the the the, the words you know, from Turkish Turkish origin or Turkish origin. Soul of a spirited young horse. Right. So uh, I think I think if we go to electric cars, ev- no one is ever expecting any electric car to be slow anymore. Everyone just sees Teslas in ludicrous mar. Yeah. For so me, wh- the real question is, how light can they keep it? Not. And how they're going to make it handle? Yeah. So, so, so two points that have been brought up by journos that have driven the Taycan recently. They were quite surprising. The first one is Porsche invited some guys to come and do not to 200 tests consecutively. Mm-hmm. So apparently the, the Model S in ludicrous mode can do it like these these launches, but it can do like a handful and yes. then it tells you can't do any more, right. motor's overheating. Mm-hmm. The journos got tired before the car conked yep. out. So That's Porsche, right. it doesn't do the same kind of not to 100 but it can do what it can do consecutively as many times as you like. Yeah, and that's that's to do with <coughs> so it's a whole new world of cooling and it's that's to do with battery cooling. Yeah. And the amount of heat that you can dissipate out of the battery. And they've obviously gotten on top of that in a better way than Tesla has at the moment. Yeah. And the other thing is that Andrew Frankel, I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw this week. Andrew Frankel, for those who don't know, is one of the oldest, most respected um automotive journos in the world mm-hmm. if andrew frankel says something well, well he's the only know. guy to ever road test a mclaren f1 that's right yeah and um he this he he wrote this week that he was also invited to drive it and what what is surprising and what is encouraging is he says it handles brilliantly mm-hmm. it handles brilliantly and it rides brilliantly mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that it, um it is still heavy i think it's over two tons with the batteries um, and you, he says he describes the fact that you sit very, very low in yes, it. Yes, like that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, so the batteries aren't <coughs> underneath you. They kind of stored everywhere else. Are they? I don't know. No, they aren't underneath okay. you. That's why you can get so low. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that. So, so it's, the, uh, it's encouraging, but it's still an electric car, and I'm already bored. So. Fastest four-door around the, uh, <laughs> the Nürburgring. Yep. Uh, just only, uh, just as before we finish, I just want to <clears> ask you quickly. 742. 911E. Mm-hmm. Is that the next step? What do you mean? 911E. That's uh, going to be the underpin. Like an E. Like an electric E. Oh. Yep. Will they revive the, the, the nameplate? And, uh, There's definitely f- space in the frunk for an electric motor. So they could do a hybrid. And, uh, the new I'm body shell has room around the center tunnel as well for oh. batteries and hybrid governs. There you go. Yeah, we know that already. So the, the 992.2 will likely at least have a hybrid version, if not a full electric. Interesting. All right. All right. Ah. Let me just finish the news. We're All just right. going to have in memoriam. Uh, Ferdinand Piech died. Um, Yep. Father of many, many Porsches and uh, nephew to Ferdinand nephew Porsche. Nephew to Ferdinand Porsche, and he was actually a very important guy. And uh, Nikki, what was her surname? I'm not sure. The fastest woman on Cole, Cole something on on four wheels. Unfortunately, so she was on MythBusters and overhaul and yeah. died in a in a, in a drag dragster type car. And uh, yeah, yeah. So maybe we should take a break take and take a yeah. break, and we'll be back in a second. Guns, an essential tool in self-protection or a catalyst for criminality. CliffCentral.com presents GunCast, a podcast that unpacks the divisive issue of gun ownership in South Africa. Join legal expert Martin Hood as he hosts a series of talks with both sides of the gun lobby. Whether you support the right to carry guns or you believe they're a destructive tool that society could do without, GunCast will enlighten and challenge you in equal measure. Find GunCast now on the Cliff Central app 
uncliffcentral.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Cargumentative. I think I'm getting the hang of this. Yeah. Um, cool. So for this segment, I was thinking about something. Uh, between us, we've actually got a, a, a fleet of cars, and I, it's not going to be the focal point of it, but it got me to thinking. So uh, this this month actually was my month that I've got to do all of my renewals on my licenses. So I get, uh, I've got I've, to be honest, I've got the most amazing assistant. She went and she, I let them all lapse, and then they eventually all get renewed in one month, and it's it actually it's just an easy way of administering it. So I was thinking to For myself. For those of us that have more than twelve cars. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you've got five. Well, you've got ten, something like that. <laughs> um, but anyhow, so sure. the thing about that I was thinking about is for routine maintenance. Um, like we we've all got this model that we follow because this is what the uh, we've gotten used to. You buy a car from a dealer, you take it into the dealer, and then you crap yourself if you don't take it there because you lose your dealer stamp. But there's a whole lot of routine stuff that actually is just not difficult to do. And, Absolutely. And, stu- and there's stuff that, that's actually, even if it sounds a little bit intimidating to, to yeah, I wouldn't know how to do it, but changing brake discs, pads, you wow. know, and things very, like that. Very simple to be for honest, a, to be honest, a decent mechanic, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I was thinking, like, first of all, from a convenience perspective, would it not be better to have, like, a mechanic sort of almost on a retainer to come to the house and do all the oil changes and just systematically go through them and do a couple of little things here and there. Now, the well, question then, like I was, I was thinking, is that the, we've talked about it in, in segments before. The, the, the makeup of the, the modern dealership is not what it was. They now tend to be little showrooms. You almost choose your item and then they throw you the keys and say to go to the back and find which one you want. We've been through this. <laughs> that's, that's the other but, dealership. But, yeah, you yeah. know, if I go and take this thing in, and funny enough, I've got a guy who comes to the, the house and does a belt service on the, on the Ferrari. He does it in, my, in the cave. And, and it's such a pleasure that now some stuff it's okay. No, I agree. So, so I think I'm going to ask the question around is there, in the, with the changing world, is there a chance that the model could be that someone is going to come to your house? So, like, instead of you going and missioning and having to get dropped and all that type of thing, all the routine stuff, the dealers send someone to your house, and while you're sitting there watching TV, they come in and in two hours, they change the oil, they change the fluids, they give you, uh, they check your brake pads, anything that needs to be done in the workshop, they say, listen, do this, check it in, and it's much easier to, to Honestly, schedule. There's no reason why a man in a van can't do that, especially when it comes to routine stuff like an oil change and a brake fluid change and even changing things like brake pads. That can all be done with mobile jacks and jack stands and that kind of thing. So the only stuff I think that would be where your car would have to go in is anything where the car needs to be put up on a lift. Well, we're hoping you get a lift soon, though. Yeah. Obviously. But um, yeah, so there is there is merit in it. I think it, obviously they would charge a call out fee, you know, because they got to cover the the cost of coming out there. But so, yeah, it could work. So, so what kind of environment would you need? Because I mean, well, you obviously like if it's out in the backyard, you can't have water no, need and a, all kinds of things. A level yeah. garage where they could work. They have to have, and they'd have to obviously bring their own tools. Yeah. So they'd have to have a van where they come and they've got all their jack stands and. And tools and fluids and yeah, and they could take away the waste. It's no big deal. There's a business opportunity here. I as think well. so. I think so. I mean, look, 
I, I also think that it's just like the convenience of it. Like yeah. sending cars in nowadays. I heard that Lexus, when you when you go, you can literally go and they've got a business center. You can go and sit and you can work while they fix your car. Yeah, they do. So any any um, service or garage that offers you like a loan car or a drop-off facility and a pickup facility, I know BMW does that and VW does that. Those are, that's cool. That's really nice. Depending on how long your car is going to be in there for. Most services, if you drop it off in the morning, you can pick it up in the afternoon if you've got it scheduled. Um, but on, on that point, let's go back to talking about the, the service, the dealer stamp, yeah. and how important that is or how what a perceived importance that has. So I know in South Africa, and I don't know if it happens in other parts of the world, when you buy a car, you look for a service history and preferably a history carried out by the main dealer. The reason being is you trust that they at least had knowledge of the vehicle and had the correct tools so it wasn't done in the backyard somewhere on the cheap. But we're just trying to justify doing it in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but by the right person. Yeah, I agree. So... Yeah, I suppose between us, we share um, a guy that, that works in our cars, and he works on pretty much anything. Yeah. But we know his credentials. You know, Absolutely. He's, he's a Porsche Gold certified mechanic, and we, you know, because of that, we trust him with our stuff. Um, but will the next person understand that? Yeah. If there's a next person. Absolutely. I We'd mean, have to explain that, obviously. Yeah, I mean, obviously, on the 308, which, um, it, you know, it's an old Ferrari, and I was always obsessed with either having like the dealers which I actually I never really trust them on the old cars but having like a guy who'd worked on the cars forever so I had this old Italian mechanic named Luigi I'm, I'm seriously I'm not, making, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not making this up did you have an espresso when you went there <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and a grappa but, uh, and, and you know you'd go there and, and take six months to go and fix the cars and, and things yeah. like that but then you know as, as you rightly say we've got this mechanic and, and I've, I've sent the 308 to him and to be honest on the routine stuff it's not it's not rocket uh, no, science but it's even if it is rocket science you'd prefer that he tries it because a lot, in a lot of cases, like you were saying, you're an old Ferrari. Do does Ferrari current know what's going on in that old Ferrari? In a lot of cases, nope. seen no. Seen a dove shaking his head, but he needs to start talking. No, it's <laughs> no. um, so, only for a gap because he likes to just yabber. Okay, so that lead, will lead you into, with, into it with that. Tell us about your experience. I, I just wanted to take like 18 steps back and say that I'm intrigued by Mark's idea. In the end, it's about convenience. I think, you know, we've chosen to have large, um, varied car collections. They're not all of the same manufacturer, um, which presents a challenge when it comes to servicing them all. Um, I mean, just the amount of up and down, dropping cars off, picking them up, blah, 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 making a plan with work and with everything to make sure that the cars are where they need to be at the right time. If you've got more than five cars, it starts to become a lot of work. Um, it is mission. And so I'm intrigued. So in the same way that what you've done is you've streamlined the process of your licensing and you do them all at once. Someone who could come and service all your cars over the space of a day or two. Yeah. Well, would make it enormously. Yeah, well, exactly. So I mean a lot of so that's, that's what we're so, doing. So going back regularly. So, so maybe it should be mentioned and, and maybe this is the way that I perceive it and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but cars are designed to be easy to work on, particularly mo- modern cars. Because the less time it takes you to do something, 
the more, more of them you can do, yeah. right? So doing a service on a modern vehicle should be exceptionally easy. They've had a hundred years to perfect doing it. This this the stuff is actually simple and quick, mm-hmm. and the access it's probably not as difficult as you're thinking it is right now. Yeah. In which case that kind of stuff lends itself to being done. Um, you know, informally or on your premises or in a mobile fashion. So I'm intrigued. I'm trying to think how it would work practically. On the one hand, let's say you buy a new Lexus. Maybe you would pay a little bit extra initially for the premium service package, which includes effectively a concierge that comes to you. But uh, alternatively, someone who you hire who's a private individual or that doesn't have a special mark you know, mm. that comes in their private capacity as a all-round general mechanic and comes to your house and services them all. I don't know how it would present itself. But in the end, what I'm thinking is that really, it's not really about where you do the service. It's about the convenience. Yeah, that's For me, it's not about doing it in my garage and not doing it in my garage and doing them all at once. It's about the faff. Yeah. If you come fetch yeah. my car... Yeah. If you if the if you come fetch it and bring it back, yeah. That's just the same as doing it at Yeah, absolutely. So in the end, so this is the thing. Now the ca- people actually so they are offering this at the moment because if you're a fancy special Porsche client, they come and fetch it from you. Do they? Yes. Yes, oh, they right. do. Well, and if clever. you have more than one fancy Porsche, they bring a whole freaking truck and they load them all on all at once and they take them away for you. That's nice. And when that's they've all cool been serviced, they bring them back again. Yeah, so it's not pie in the sky. The amount of time it takes me sitting in traffic to get to my mechanic. Absolutely. The oil change is half the time. Right. The one, the trip there. Yeah, that's true. You know? So the argument for your mechanic is that he could come back and forward and fetch each of your cars or he could bring his van to you yeah. and do all the straightforward stuff on your premises. Could do. Right? I think well, there's merit in this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, just interesting, uh, an anecdote, a similar vein is that a friend of mine was having his Huracan, Lamborghini Huracan serviced. As one does. Um, as one does. Yeah. Um, last week before they went on a trip down to Cape Town. No, of course. And uh, he put it on Instagram saying that he's taking his Huracan in for its first service. In mid morning, someone phoned up and said, "Listen, we need the car for a shoot. Don't can't just cancel the service. We're not going to do it because it needs to have a shoot for the thing. We're coming to fetch it now." Really? And, uh, yeah, he they phoned him just to say, "Listen, are you coming to fetch your car?" And it turned out to be someone coming to steal it. Oh. And they, they arrested the the, the, the good fellow. <laughs> so yeah, just be careful what you post. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to say, just in terms of mechanical stuff, I'm quite proud of myself today. I gave some advice. You did? Yep. On Uh-oh. Cars and Coffee Group, someone was asking for mechanical advice on a on a Land Rover. Yes. Yes. And I said, it was, the answer was petrol. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and a match. <laughs> so Paige has asked, uh, made an interesting statement uh. on our WhatsApp group. She said, and I quote, but are you even a guy if you don't even change your own oil? Um, now, Paige, do you a even very, lift, bro? Do you even lift, bro? Do you even lift? So I came from a background of always looking after my own cars until I suppose the cars get to a point that they are worth considerably less if you work on them yourself. But this is what you were alluding to: is it's not that you can't work on them yourself; it's that there's value in the dealership stamps. Exactly, and because so people trust to. the dealership. Yeah. They don't necessarily how good you know how good you are at what you did so we, they, we tried to change something we only overfilled the thing by three liters <laughs> exactly couldn't understand where all this oil was going no one knew no. i still don't know where it went it went into the um it lo- it, no the it's got a separate 
like thingy. It, yeah, and you couldn't, change, over, you couldn't change gear after that. We overfilled a classic Ferrari with gearbox oil, but it's okay. It's, it's got it's a transfer now. box. And transfer yeah. box. So the gearbox sits next to the engine, mm-hmm. and there's a transfer box that transfers the power from the engine to the gearbox. Yep. We filled that up. No, we filled everything. Because Mike said, that's the filler plug. So yeah. I went, oh, I don't know any better. Okay. Well. Okay. So that taught us. In. But that's that's someone the extent of my oil change. So like <laughs> we have someone that can mop up the pieces behind. But there it. are <laughs> things that we do tackle on our own and yeah, we do feel a sense be. of triumph when we get them done properly. But yeah, best to let someone with because the, the problem is tooling. So with modern cars okay. is you need a lot of specified yeah. old cars you just tooling. need a hammer. Old cars you just need a hammer exactly. You'll be su- so in old cars I know that someone always said to me that you'd be surprised how far you can get with just a standard socket set. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't need much more, but newer cars and particularly properly modern up-to-date cars there's a lot of very specific proprietary tools that you need for various jobs. Yeah. And the problem with that um, it, it, it's a little bit engineered in. Yeah. And so it it works two ways. They create the proprietary tools so that you're forced Absolutely. to bring them the car. Because they make and money that way. The other thing is that the electronic systems, uh, as cars become more complicated from an electronic point of view, yeah. um, they create security around the electronics. And so not, and, and they don't release that information. It's not public property. It's yeah. on the public domain. So, for example, you can't get through all of Porsche's security checks on a modern 991 to change things or reset things in the computer, and you're therefore obliged to get Porsche to do so that for you, which means you're obliged to take it to them. Exactly. Yeah. So I've got a very good point in case. I always pride myself in in doing. I mean, I restored a car, so he did. I think I yeah, know my did. way way yeah, around yeah. the spanner. Other than the steering, it's great. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, and the so, gear and the gearbox. Yeah. And the wrong color. Yeah, and the color. Jeez, it's almost perfect. Anyway, so I attempted to change like my wife's brake pads in her car. Thinking, I mean, that's. I've changed brake pads on everything that I've ever owned. Yeah. So well, her car happened to have an electric handbrake, which uh, I'd never tackled before. And you need to get into the system to, let it to deactivate the handbrake. There's no other way of doing it, really, to get it to release even more than it would normally so you can get the pads out. Uh, so I had to take it to a specialist. No, I'm not, for one second, advocating fixing your own car. I'm looking for convenience. <laughs> I want to watch Netflix while someone fixes my well, car. Well, I think that there's something... You don't that, watch uh, Netflix. You want to watch sport, Mark. Is a house okay. call mechanic... I'm trying to sound, make myself sound contemporary. Oh, okay. <laughs> is a house I do want to watch sport. <laughs> is a house call mechanic such a pie-in-the-sky thing to I don't know. Don't ha- so. What about no. a house call doctor? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Why don't that's they do that anymore? Out. Yeah, it's been phased out. Equipment. I mean, equipment. Equipment. Testing. I, yeah. saw, I saw a video um, recently with a house call nurse. Yeah. Did you? It <laughs> was brilliant. We weren't going to discuss those personal videos. Oh, you said that to anymore. me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we've had time for in this segment. <laughs> so sure all all right. Okay, cool. Okay, we'll be back. And we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> This aircon is racist. For the latest political news and in depth discussion and analysis on events making headlines in South Africa's socio political space. Join myself, Amil Amral, and my comrades from the Sunday Times Politics Desk for our Sunday Times Politics Weekly podcast. You can find new weekly episodes on the Times Live website every Wednesday. This is not a shit. Can you please come in?
Welcome back to Cargumentative, where we're going to talk a little bit about the, and, car uh, the car market, the classic car market and, and what's going on. So the world is on a little bit of a, a I'm not going to say a knife edge, but people are a little bit antsy at the moment internationally. The, the IMF has been talking about world economic growth being a little bit suppressed. In South Africa, we, we've had some serious economic problems mm-hmm. recently, and cash is very tight out there. If we look at the all the, the indices, and so, so weird, like in the classic car market uh, magazines, they always show the Haggy Index, which is a, from Haggerty, and they, 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 they do indices on various marks. They seem to always show the ones that are really like moving upwards, and it doesn't seem to show much of correction. But the sentiment in the market is that there has been a significant correction. So the, the the real question. Do you reckon internationally? Now, internationally, absolutely. So so cars okay. like and, and and I'll tell you like what is what have dropped. Um, cars like Testarossas are starting to pull back. Even Daytonas, which are are triple A grade cars, are starting to pull back. Um, you know there there were things like the 550 Marinello now starting to pull back, and you know it's it's definitely not what it was. From our perspective, we all knew that, so that what, there, were no, there was no way it could keep on going the way so it was. So, what category of, let's say, sports car is pulling back, and what's 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 immune to it? Well, it seems at the moment that Porsches have done really, really well for the last two, three years, really well. I mean, like where, you know, it's it's been really good to own a classic Porsche for the last while. But even here in South Africa, you're starting to see that they've got like nine six fours that are dipping under a million rand. I can't get my head around it. I am absolutely certain that the 996 GT3s are just a complete and utter joke. There's one for under a million rand at yeah. the moment. A Mark at Porsche Center. Guys, I can't get my head around why these cars are so cheap. You know, I, I remember when the 964 RSs were 250 grand and now they're two and a half million, maybe three million. So I think that um, the 996 GT3s are going to be are, are definitely things to um, to be collecting, but having said that, you know there's some interesting things that are happening out in the market. It seems that people are starting to buy cars that are cheap but just fun to drive. So I've got collector friends in Europe, but proper collectors. I mean, David, my friend, he's got a, a, five, a, a 550 Maranello. He's got a 365 Boxer. Um, I mean, he's got uh, Those are four or five cars, Porsches, yeah. the collectible Porsches. He went and he bought a 1997 Boxster, which was the first year of production. Not a, not a Boxster S, eh? just not a Boxster. Boxster yeah. 2.7. Just, just a 2.5. 2.5. The original oh. 2.5, which had the same horsepower, 204 horsepower, 150-odd kilowatts, same as a, two, as a 911 SC. Bought it. Uh, he, just to put it in context, he had a GTI, uh, 1989-90 GTI, very nice one with BBS rims, beautiful car. And he sold it for like 5,000 pounds, and he bought the, the Porsche for 3,000 pounds. Now, I see him driving around this, this Porsche, and he's, and he's in he's completely... He's in France now, I think. He's com- yeah, he's in Guernsey. Uh, um, no, no, he was driving around yeah, this last weekend around in France. France. Yeah. I mean, he's got a Cayman GT4, so just to put it in context. But he, he's in love with this thing. Yeah. What's Other friend of ours, um, Ono, who lives in, in, in Holland, um, also he had a 330 GTC... Um, like proper collectible Ferrari, had a 550 Maranello and a, and a 365 Boxer, which actually is one that Dave's got now. Um, he just went out and he bought a 986 um, Boxster S, and and also completely 
enamored with it. So nine eight sixes and nine nine sixes are the bargains at the moment. Well, well, nine nine sixes have been a bargain for a very long time. Absolutely, actually, and they're starting to climb. Actually, yeah, even in this market. And something significant happened today. Whether it drives the market or not, but it just shows that it is people starting to 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 look at these things. But Magnus Walker, who's quite a well-known personality around Port, put out a, a message on Instagram yeah. saying he's looking for a 996, Carrera. either a GT3. He said either Straight Mark Carrera, 1 GT3 yeah. or a K Carrera, but he wanted one with a GT3 Aero kit, yeah. which makes it basically look like a, uh, a GT3. Um, I think for the pri- for the price of the GT3 is he, my recommendation to him is he should just go straight for the GT3. He's got, he's got a, a 996.2. Oh. He's got a point two. Has oh, he got a point two? Yeah, okay. yeah that's we, why he wants we a bought career. them around the same time. Yeah, uh-huh. we bonded over it. Actually. Really? Yeah. Me yeah. and him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I can see you really, really. So we've got fine. another friend of ours who's in the process of buying a 996 actually at the moment, and they're great cars. They're absolutely fantastic cars. Well. My brothers have got two 986s, uh, 987s, both white. You know, one's a, a 2.7 Boxster and the one's a, a Boxster S. So these I can't are the, tell you how good these things are. To the layman out there, these are all the first generation liquid-cooled Porsches. Yeah. Uh, Boxsters and 911s. And they are pretty bulletproof. Well, that's really exactly fun, it. Really, really fun. Lots of bang for your buck. And really reliable, really good like aircon, good power steering. You know, normally Bose sound systems and those kinds of things, they're really great cars. Very, very yeah. livable. And I tell you, like, just, you know, the, the funnily enough, the, the Boxster S is, is very, very cool. Um, um, Ashley's Boxster S is really good. Um, but Greg's Boxster 27, to be honest, it's on skinny tires on the 16-inch. It's, got, it, it's just fun. And, uh, you know, I mean, here in South Africa, these things have kept their, their values relatively well. Um, overseas, as I say, three thousand pounds for a, a good solid so, example. So, Mark, what are we saying in the marketplace at the moment? Because we also saw a bit of a, an auction whoopsie last week. Where um, who was it? Gooding and Co. had some. Was it Gooding and Co.? Yeah, it was the uh, at the at Amelia Island auction or whatever. The nineteen thirty nine Pebble, but you know, got it completely um, wrong. It's all good. (laughs) It was it was was effectively the first Porsche, which wasn't a Porsche. It was actually on a Volkswagen chassis, and it had that whole auction error thing. It was terrible. Everything didn't go for what it should have gone for. Yeah, and that's and they measure the auctions in terms of the percentage sold, the percentage above estimate, um, and uh, yeah, the percentage below, and you can definitely see that bargains are starting to be had, but just. Beware! I don't think that the drops in values so are necessarily are necessarily unfounded. I think that there are cars that have sat in so-called collections for two, three years, and they are defi- in massive need of, of of maintenance. So there's a good point coming out of that as well. So, uh, what's our advice to people? That we, we've given them advice on what Porsches we believe they should buy. But also to be careful of cars coming out of collections that haven't been well looked after. Yeah, a lot of guys bought these things like paintings to hang them on the wall, but never went through the the annual maintenance schedule that they should have had. So make sure you get your oil changes done and that kind of thing if you buy them. Yeah, but I mean, my advice is, if you're going to put your money into the stock market, it's going to tank. Rather put it in, make a cheeky offer on a classic car and at least uh, watch the place burn from a. Well, that's how this whole thing started. Well, that's how this whole thing started. People started moving their money out of the stock market into cars. Yeah. And that's what got this whole trend going up. So we never know. The car market's funny, huh? 
It's well, I'm, I think that you, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with going and offending someone on the first uh, on the first offer. Yeah, <laughs> hit them low. They're not going to hit you. I'm uh, just going to gonna give, swear at you. To give a little bit, maybe I must give a little bit. Of, maybe it's a bit late for a little bit of context. But if 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 you if you're talking about the classic and collectible collectible market, and you're looking at purchasing a car, you know that's not a modern car. Or, um, there's there's sort of the way I see it is it's divided into strata, like rocks, you know, from top to bottom, and there's the cream on the top. Um, and that's the blue chip stuff. And the cream on the top mm, the never changes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There's very few cars that live there, and they will always go up. They're the Mona Lisa. Well, I don't think they're the money. But the, that you can nail they're the Mona Lisa's. They're the Mona Lisa's. Yeah. I'm talking about GTOs, Two, 250 GTOs. Uh, I'm about even so, there may be McLaren some corrections there. You, you buy into the blue chip right at the top there. Yeah. Bugattis. Yeah. Early Bugattis, and you're you're going to be fine. But there's only a limited amount of people that play in that market at any one time. In any case, mm-hmm. then there's the old cars that are just old. Okay, mm-hmm. they're not classics. They're not collectible. And unfortunately, those things continue to depreciate. Really, when we talk about the classic car market, we talk about the stuff that's in the middle of that, mm-hmm. the stuff that's not rare enough, or special enough, or perceived to be rare or special enough to be blue chip. But it's special enough and rare enough and sporty enough and has enough heritage to be um, respected and wanted and probably this, the, the demand exceeds the supply. Yeah. And so what Mike was talking about earlier is that the top of that middle strata, Testarossa's, um, Ferrari Daytona's, 550 Marinello's, there's been a correction there. And what happened is that they got the people got swept up in the last – three to five years with values. Yeah. Um, they were swept up along with their blue chip brethren. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be that at the top of the middle, there's a correction back downwards again. And that's, I think, what he's talking about. Yeah. Probably, that's a, good, probably yeah. a realistic correction. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's uncalled for. Um, but what's happened is that there's a lot of cars. Five years is actually not a long time to own a car. And what's happened is people are losing money now. You buy high Absolutely. and you expect it to continue to go high. And now, unfortunately, either your consignment didn't sell in the auction, yeah. in which case you're stuck with it, uh, or it sold for far less than you expected. Yeah. And, I think that's what, and a lot of people words, are going to get hurt by that. I'm just putting yeah. it in other words. So, me. look, the good news is that now you can your wife can sell something for closer to what you told it. Let me ask you this, just in closing. Mm. Right now… Assuming there was a 25% correction in terms of prices at what it was a year ago, what would you be buying? What would what would tempt you? So, I mean, I'm throwing it out there, like a 700,000 Rand. 328 Ferrari. 328. I think that's... Yeah, if they correct it down, what are they sitting at now? Like 2 million? 2 million, yeah, maybe more. Mm. So if they correct it to 1.5, if not less... Yeah. It's a good buy. I've never, I've, I've never understood the prices of nine six fours and three point two Carreras. I just can't understand it. I've driven enough to know that. He doesn't understand them. That's why. One point two million rand, which is more than a nine nine six GT three, makes no make sense. sense no, to me. I, 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 you and I are and, completely in agreement. And there. I think, but I think at the six hundred, seven hundred mark, a nine six four is a, it's an amazing, beautiful yeah, car. Yeah, if you, you know? can do that. Yeah. So something like that. There's a few things that are sort of heavily overpriced. And I, I don't like... People must look at Alfa. 
offers realistically priced, you can get a lot of car for your money. Poor man's Ferrari. Been, it's always been a sweet spot. Yeah. They actually, something, look at they, they never got swept up with the yes. hype. They, they right. just managed Still to dodge it. Priced. They were always realistically priced. There was one or it's two odd. Really nice cars, great experience. But you're right. Yeah. It's a lot of car for the money yeah. now. It's fun. Yeah. And they're cheap to maintain. All right, guys. So, yeah, yeah let's try and keep your uh, hard earned rands uh, under the pillow because pocket. there are. Bargains there coming. are bargains coming, and uh, yeah, as I say, like let's not let's not be shy of try offending guys on first offers. Okay. Never just, know. just not us. No, low ball everyone. <laughs> yeah, just not us. <laughs> cool. Thanks. We've well got done, a, we've got a special coming. Yeah, we've got a special coming. Oh, so yeah. so this this weekend um, we're going to be getting out our uh, our, our best uh, clothes because we've yeah. got to look stylish. You know, got flat caps. Um, flat caps, maybe um, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe even a cravat. Okay, it might be in order. Um, yeah, we're going to the Concours, um, Stain City, um, Stain City at Stain City, and yeah, we're going to be seeing some very very beautiful cars, yeah. beautifully prepared as well. Interviewing and uh, we're going to interview some people. We're going to try get to grips with um, people's. Uh, they're going to tell us about what it's like to prepare a car for Concours and. Uh, yeah, like what makes it, what goes into it, and I'm I'm interested in how much it actually costs to prepare yeah. a car for. Concord. Yeah, interesting. So we'll meet you in a spring weekend in Johannesburg at Stain City this weekend, and we'll yeah. be producing a special car argumentative. And it should, if any, if last year's event was anything to go by, it should be great. Mm. It was really well put together. Yeah. Beautiful scenery. It was lovely. More content, ax. More content, and uh, yeah, that's all. I hope you you enjoyed the show. Uh, for me, it was well quite done, cool Mark being. Yeah, did it? I got through my first uh, well ten gig as a pre- being a presenter. I think Tom's nice. going to lose his job. Yeah, I don't know. So Which much. job? I don't oh God, he's yeah. going to be relegated okay. to. Your well, seat. after he gets the du- after he gets the, the duct tape off his chair, and then oh. he'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, that's okay, all for cool. now. Have a Thanks, good Mark. Ciao, bye. bye. bye.